0: Hello and welcome to this special episode of the Latter-day Saint Mission Cast. I'm your host, Nick Galletti. On this very special episode, we have what we're going to call a crossover episode with another podcast that I do called Barbie Does Dating. I co-host and produce that podcast, and it focuses on the issues and topics around being a single Latter-day Saint. And in this particular case, we decided to do a crossover episode because we are talking about dating as or with a returned missionary. And that is an interesting subject for a number of reasons, and it can also be very funny. So what we have is really going to be more of an episode of the Barbie Does Dating show, but of course kind of ported over to here at Latter-day Saint Mission Cast as well, since we, we have that crossover topic. So anyway, sit back and enjoy this episode, this crossover episode of Barbie Does Dating and the Latter-day Saint Mission Cast.
1: everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Barbie Does Dating. I am your host, Barbie Berg. This is my co-host, Steve Solberg.
2: Aloha. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> he lived in Hawaii. Yeah, He's allowed to do that. Oh, that's true. That's <laughs> and this is our producer slash giver of sage wisdom, Mr. Nick Galetti.
0: Hello. And I should say good afternoon because that is how people, you know how you do it in Aloha or whatever they in, do the, in, yeah in church in Nigeria where I just came back from? It's Good afternoon. And everybody goes, Good afternoon. Really? That's how to oh, really? say it back. Yeah. Can you do it any time of the day? Uh, you say good morning if it's morning. Oh, but yeah. okay.
1: But I like that. Good afternoon. Yeah. Good
0: afternoon. It's kind of just the way they say it back. So oh,
1: they're I got so to polite. Do it.
0: They had me speak in church. Oh. And so after I saw that little tradition start, I, Good morning. And they, Good morning. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, that was very welcoming.
1: That's actually very welcoming. <laughs> I like that a lot. Well, what a lot of people probably don't know on that listen to Barbie Does Dating is Nick actually has his own podcast, more than one, I think.
0: Yeah, I do a few, but you do a this few. one's Latter-day Saint Mission Cast.
1: Yes. And you talk about is it designed to missionaries tell us a little bit more about it.
0: So, it's to educate and inspire in missionary work. Okay. So, it could be a missionary in the field, it could be someone preparing to go or someone coming home. Mm-hmm. It could just be anybody wanting to be a better member missionary, but we tend to focus on those serving full-time missions. Okay. And so the idea was to do a kind of a crossover episode between these two and focus on the very interesting and nuanced world of dating as or with a return missionary.
1: Yes.
3: Which, uh, Steve, you served a mission? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that going home moment and your <laughs> your mission president giving you your exit the interview. Yeah. And, well, you're going to go... Uh, I remember my mission president said something that I thought was interesting. Uh, He'd go, well, are you ready to go home? And uh, every missionary feels like they had to go, no, I don't know. I want to stay, please. (laughs) (laughs) Can I extend? But I I had already been clued in by other missionaries where they said, when he asks you if you're ready to go home, go ahead and say, yep. Yep. Because he would go, if you'd go, No, then he'd go, Well, you better be because you're going home. And that's how you should be at the Mm -hmm. end of your two years. You shouldn't be like, I want to stay on my mission the rest of my life. You should be ready. There was so much more life. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, previous listeners to my podcast will have heard a story from Steve because Sean Rapier from the Latter Day Lives podcast interviewed him. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. A little segment where he did the story of. The Mary Shrine in the Front
3: Yard song. Singing about. Yeah, Yeah. we would do the weirdest things to sing. And (laughs) Did I tell it? Was it the... uh, It was the girl that you kind of got a little flustered over. Yeah. You should tell it for this. I haven't heard this. So I went to Montreal, and um, we we would still tract. I feel like tracting maybe doesn't happen now, but we were tracting, and we knocked this one door, but the person answered out of a different door over here. And this beautiful French girl in, like, a sundress where she's, like, mm-hmm. backlit. I don't know why <laughs> there were so many elements <laughs> that were, like, making this girl. Even And her hair, like, flows out the door. <laughs> and she's like, oui, hello? Like, you know, all cute and yeah. French. And uh, I was like, uh, bonjour, nous sommes les mission." Oh, no, she goes, oui, allo, ça va? Like, how are you?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And I go, nous sommes les missionnaires de l'église de... Jesus, good. On <laughs> <En> va bien. <laughs> like I finished, I, for some reason, in the middle of the church name. Like, we're doing good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and then finish the church name. I couldn't he was out that practice with the ladies. <laughs> And she's like, no, it's too bien. You know, she went back inside. And as we're walking away, my mission companion goes, Someone has a crush. <laughs> and I was like, shut
0: it. <laughs> Uh, Oh my God. (laughs) But it does speak to the feelings of a return missionary because the first time you are with the girl or have a chance to go on a date with a girl, it's a little bit of that,
3: "Uh, uh, what do we do? (laughs) Good. I'm good. good. (laughs) What are you like? Let's talk about Joseph Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a testimony? Please tell
0: me you have a testimony.
1: Well, we were talking to my niece the other night and she just got back from her mission in June. She went to Rio. And we are giving her a really hard time because when she came home, all these guys especially that were from her mission are, like, messaging her and wanting to take her out. And then she's meeting other guys through these other people, and they're all wanting to take her out. And she's just, like, A, oblivious and just, like, no, everyone is my friend. No one is interested in me because that's how it's comfortable. (laughs) And then, but then, and so we were giving her a hard time about that. But then she was kind of freaking out about some things because she's, like, the first time I'm going, like, somewhere with a boy we're in the car together and I'm freaking out texting my old companions like I'm in a car alone with a boy and I'm supposed to be going to give him a hug and I don't know what's (laughs) going on because even in Rio they're not even allowed to give people high fives so like they can't even high five wow yeah Yeah, because like any kind of physical contact with some of the men down there they're like well hello and so they're not (laughs) even allowed to do that and so she's like freaking out in the car and she's like what is going on I don't know why I'm in the car with a boy and There is always going to be that buffer period. I did not serve a mission. I was not active in the church during those years that it would have been an option for me. And I've actually like kind of never even really dated like a fresh return missionary. Like most people I went out with had been home for several years. Mm. But I have witnessed quite a bit of awkward (laughs) behavior. So, yeah. Well,
3: Steve, how long was it after you got home till you went on your first date? Um, It was a, I don't think it was that long, maybe a month. Okay. Or so, mm-hmm. but um, by choice, I was definitely awkward. I mean, and to be fair, I told Barbie this the other day for the first time. I hadn't kissed a girl until I was home from my mission, mm-hmm. and so there was even more compounded awkwardness. Yeah, um, because you're like, oh, how do I, and and uh, so, and I remember. Th- not listening to regular music for a long time. I couldn't. I'd turn on the radio and I was like, blasphemy. Like
1: <laughs> Everything was
3: the worst. And As so, most
1: return missionaries are.
3: Yeah. For a period.
1: Yeah. They come home and they're like, even my parents are going to be damned. This is horrible. Like, yeah.
0: There was a girl. So me in my last area, I, I had a companion that was that had come out in the MTC with me. And we were going home together, and so it's kind of weird to be ending your mission with another guy that's going home, Mm -hmm. because it's very possible that you could get—we called it trunky—just homesick, oh yeah, and looking to to get home. But we were also of the mindset, and we were way the most southern tip you can get in Louisiana, where it's just oyster fishermen during the day, you know, so nobody's home, Mm -hmm. and so we were knocking doors. And we, you know, your mind starts wandering. So are you going to date this girl when you get home? Or, you know, those kinds of conversations. And he ended up saying, hey, I've got this girl that I think you would be great with. Which in my head, and this is a missionary thing, I think you develop this discovery of ideas mentality like mm-hmm. i've got to find the opportunity I, 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 <laughs> that sounds like a great idea i'm gonna follow through with it i'm gonna do the missionary commitment pattern and mm-hmm. and, and i'm gonna win this girl over before you even met the met her. girl uh-huh. but because this guy was like you guys would be perfect for each other she's really pretty she's really fun she's musical you bop, 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 you know all these different things you guys will get along so he started saying let you guys write each other Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, you you prime that pump, I'll start riding her. So we rode each other and we started kind of riding the last few weeks. And I had pumped it up in my head that this was the perfect girl mm-hmm. and everything was going to be so wonderful when we got home and blah, blah, blah. So when I first got home, I was thinking I'm going to move. And I lived in San Diego at the time. So I had to go up to Utah to meet this girl and we were going to, live happily ever after, before I even met her mm-hmm. in person. But because I was in this missionary mindset of find the opportunity, close the deal, make it happen, yeah, I was not giving it time. And I think that was one of my hard things as a return missionary, was thinking that your eternal companion, actually, it is a process that takes time. Yeah, <laughs> It's not something that you just find from, just because a friend suggested it. Um, but that made it really awkward, because after we went on our first date up here in Utah because we did go on a date, she was kind of like lukewarm. Like, you were a fine guy, but just didn't didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. But it crushed me because I had built up all these expectations in my head. Yeah. And so for me, dating when I first got home was awkward for those reasons. Um, I had built up way too much as far as the expectation. And I didn't even have a mission president that did that. When you get home... You need to be married within six months. I didn't get that talk. He was mm-hmm. he was very cool with how things looked in that sense. But but yeah, there's there's so many expectations as a, as a return missionary that I think can make it really awkward,
3: but necessary. You have to kind of go through it. Mm-hmm. I think I did something similar where you're just yeah. in your head planning. And I think that that's kind of what is the dangerous thing. As you start to try to mind-read what your future is going to be, rather than just living your life and letting it happen to you. I met a girl in a math class that I nicknamed Math Girl. (laughs) Uh, Very creative. It's very original. And uh, and, uh, I don't know why I was so enamored with Math Girl. She was not my type at all. Yeah. But I thought she was... The thing that I, like, she was a good girl who was <laughs> strong testimony. Like, all the things that, that, as a missionary, I was very attracted to and, uh, and thought, this is it. And I was walking her home or walking her to her next class one time, and I, I'm being a bit of a goof. And I don't think she realizes, like, that that's who I am. Well, I think she did realize that that's who I am, and she was not attracted to that. And I, for some reason, had not yet clued in on that fact. And I did the weird thing. Well, you ever, like, kick your friend in the butt when you kind of, like, flip your, yeah, Yeah. like, sidekick? And for some reason, I did that. And she goes, don't kick me. And, like, I I don't know why. (laughs) This was this moment of, like, oh, she doesn't like you. (laughs) (laughs) It's over. My (laughs) chances are gone. Yeah. And I was, like. The girl I want's gonna let me kick her on the butt sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I had that weird thought.
0: <laughs> it was
3: profound realization. Uh, yeah. And that's what ended that. <laughs> and uh but I think the mistake though that I was making was was planning so much ahead and not just letting life being in the moment and experiencing it. Yeah. And spending so much time going, Yeah, that's why this is right. Well you, the other thing that happens when you're a missionary is you spend so much of your day trying to
0: cultivate the spirit, right? I Mm -hmm. need to be in tune with the spirit. What is the spirit telling me to go do with my time? And how do I talk to this person and this and that? And you begin to think that every thought you have is the spirit. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to dating, I had this thought about this girl. It must be the spirit telling me this is the right girl. And so you start thinking, well, if it's the spirit telling me God's behind it. It's got his stamp of approval. I'm going to go for this. Mm-hmm. Instead of recognizing that not every thought you have is going to be equal to the spirit, number one. But two, especially when you get home, the spirit touches you in, in ways and about different topics when you're home than it will when you're on a mission. Mm-hmm. So when you're on a mission, it's not going to say this is the girl to marry. Not likely. It's it, Your mindsets should be elsewhere. So there's that whole side of, Learning to differentiate what is the spirit and what are just your own thoughts that sometimes a missionary hasn't become accustomed to. I don't mm-hmm. know if that
3: was how you felt. I think so. Yeah, I think definitely. And I think, I think God definitely cares about who you marry tons. But I, uh, this is one that I think about a lot. I, I think he is definitely also going to let you choose. Yeah. I think yeah. he's going to help you make that choice, but you need to make that choice. Yeah. It's yeah. not his choice to be made.
0: Right. He's, he's not a divine matchmaker. Mm-hmm. Well, Barbie, you have dated return missionaries. What are some of the expectations that, that the lady folk have on someone that's a return missionary? Does it matter?
1: So that is something that's interesting. So I talk about my sister, who is like my best friend in the world. She's eight years older than me, but we could not be more polar opposite. I am Barbie, for whatever that <laughs> means. She is... One of the most Molly Mormon people I've ever met in my life. Like, she thinks crap is a swear word. Like, one time she almost fell down the stairs and she was holding something and she's like, oh my goodness, I spelled C-R-A-P in my head. I was so worried. And I'm like, <laughs>
3: I that? spelled she it? She did. <laughs> and I'm
1: like, are you freaking kidding me? And so...
3: It was a long fall, by the way. <laughs> it
1: must have been a C-R-A-P. C-R-A-P.
3: <laughs> Every bounce.
1: <laughs> and so... Like, I remember even in the last couple years, I'll be like, oh, I met this guy. I'm really interested. And one of her first questions is always, did he serve a mission? And I'm like, that was 20 years ago. I have to say I don't really care. Like, and maybe that's not a good way to look at it, but I know that I've severely changed for good or bad in the past 20 years that I don't like the mindset people have of you can only go out with someone if they've been on a mission. And I really don't like it for the younger generations, especially because You know, some people came home early for the missions for whatever reason. First off, that reason is none of your business until they choose to make it your business. But that is between them and Heavenly Father, and that does not make them a good person or a bad person. And in even my YSA ward, some of the biggest jerks I've ever met served missions, and some of the best people I've ever met did not serve missions. And so I don't like when people make that a hard and fast rule, like you must have served a mission. like, I do not like that. Um, that's kind of really one of the only thoughts I have. I, okay. So I will tell you guys, I did, I was in love with this guy when I was in the YSA ward. He was quite a bit younger than me. We were like best friends. I was head over heels for him. I think he was fairly oblivious or was just kind enough to be oblivious, but we hung out all the time and I sent him on a mission. Like he went on a mission and I really thought I was going to marry him. Like that is what I assumed. I was like. I am in love with him. This is what's happening. And he came back from his mission and we had dinner. I remember. And I remember thinking, oh, I grew up a lot while you were gone. Like, I was like 10 years older than him. And I was, and I remember thinking, he didn't grow up very much, but he he was always a very wonderful man. But I remember thinking, like, oh, isn't that interesting? Like, I thought I was going to marry him, and he came home, and I'm like, I am not going to marry you. And he I, had no intention of marrying me. But um, he's married now to an absolutely wonderful girl. Like, they have two kids. But it's interesting that in that time away, people do change. And I think that's something that I know a lot of bishops recommend. Don't go on your mission with a significant other because— You're both going to change so much. So, the big thing for me is just keep an open mind. Like, you don't know what your spouse is going to look like or be like or anything like that. So, I haven't really dated a ton of return missionaries. I've just seen the awkwardness that is the return missionary.
0: Well, you, the thing is, is that when you have a relationship and a marriage, especially, you grow together over time. Mm -hmm. And, So the opposite must be true, that if you're apart from each other, you will grow apart.
1: Absolutely. And
0: so you become very different people because that's just the nature Mm -hmm. of of how we are. And missions are great times to find yourself Mm -hmm. as an individual. And so it's funny that you talk about sending off a missionary and them being... Just different than what you thought they would be when, when you came home. But mm-hmm. everybody's different. Oh, yeah. Everybody's different when that happens. And so I I personally, I tried, I think, if, I don't know, did you want to try and find a girl before your mission, Steve? I did. Before? Uh... For some reason, I did. I don't know why. Really? Yeah. Did
1: you leave, like, did you go off with a girlfriend?
0: No, she told me she didn't want me to be dating someone yeah. when I left. I mean, she wanted to date me, but, but... I was leaving. And so she said, so we're not going to date.
3: And yeah. So, I think I thought it'd be cool, like to have somebody to write. Yeah, but I just didn't find anybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Is this is an interesting
0: side effect of going on a mission too? We talk about the awkwardness and things like that, but we we often, as return missionaries, set kind of expectations of what we want our spouse to be. Absolutely. And did, Steve, did you ever want your spouse to be a return missionary? Was that something that you had thought about?
3: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah? think I did think that for a while. And uh, I used to have a really weird thing because I was a runner and I feel like I learned a lot from running. Not just being healthy, but I feel like it helped my mind a lot.
2: Hmm. Okay. And
3: so I was like, she needs to either be a runner or a return missionary. <laughs> and that is no longer a thing for me. Just because uh, ultimately you realize there are people who fit those criteria, but they don't have the qualities that you want. And then you go, oh, it's the qualities that I'm wanting. It's not the... <laughs> not the accomplishments yeah. so much. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, we, we've talked about a number of different things respecting return missionaries, but there is, uh, there is a sense that you want to share something, like share mm-hmm. experiences. And so I could see wanting to date a return missionary if you were a return missionary yourself, is being kind of a, we can share this as a common ground kind of thing. Do you feel, Barbie, that dating someone that's a return missionary that you automatically don't feel like you have something in common?
1: No, because I feel like I can find something in common with anyone. So that's not a big deal to me, Um, especially because like, my experience coming back to the church and stuff, like, I feel like I'm almost a convert in a lot of ways. And so to me, I was so close with so many missionaries that got me active, like not saying that I was a missionary, but I'm like, I feel like I've had a lot of missionary experiences. So, yeah, I I don't feel like I'm completely unrelatable in that category, but I was going to bring up something. So I actually think that since they changed the dating age or the missionary age for women, it's definitely changed things because back before when it was women went on their missions when they were 21, they were leaving when guys were getting home. So there was definitely the stigma, whether people want to admit it or not, that the, the assumption was that the girls that were going on missions at 21 were unattractive, mentally unstable, old maids that could not find husbands. <laughs> and people can say that that's not true, but it was true. That's absolutely. No, no, I, I remember yeah. that. I do. You remember how it was. So when they changed it, I remember I was working at a bridal store at the time. And we were in the back. It was on a Saturday. It was really busy. And we happened to hear, because we had conference on, and we happened to hear when they changed the age range. And you saw all these women and all these girls started posting, like, Instagram blew up and stuff. It was every girl, I'm going on a mission. I'm submitting my paperwork. Boom. And I don't think anybody dated, I swear, for like a year and a half. Because (laughs) all of a sudden, all the bridal stores were like, nobody's getting married. What's going on? And then these girls came back, and everybody was getting married. But I have to tell you. More than 50% of those girls that were getting married married someone they served their mission with. Oh, really? Uh huh. Wow. They served their mission with this guy. Interesting. And I thought that was so interesting because to me, I was like, so I'm coming from a mid single point of view where I'm 38. I hang out with a lot of people that are between 35 and 45. And I meet a lot of divorced people men and women, and they all got married when he was fresh off the mission. She was 18, maybe 19 years old. She hadn't served a mission. She'd barely lived outside of her parents' house. And 15, you know, fast forward 15 years, these girls have kind of a mental breakdown. They all of a sudden leave their husband, they leave the church, and they leave their children. And they're just gone. And they kind of just go off the deep end and one of the things that i've heard from a lot of people is they're like i never had a testimony of my own. I was writing on my parents testimony then straight to my husband's testimony. Mm. And so i remember when they changed the missionary age for women, my first thought was this is going to make so many marriages last through the years. Because these girls are going they have their own testimony on their own. They've lived away from home. They understand these things. So i'm just kind of going off on a tangent no, no, now. That's Sorry. Great. But I really think that was such an inspiration from Heavenly Father that he's like, this is the time that we need to do this because these girls have got to be able to prepare better. And it is. It's making these women... We would see these women come into the store where they're 21, but it wasn't the normal 21. Like, these were women that were coming in and getting married. And I was like, yes, this is awesome. Awesome, Yeah, it made me extremely excited. Still does. So. That's
0: cool. So I found some... It... In doing my research mm-hmm. for this, I found that there was a number of statements given by apostles okay. about dating. Hmm. And I think that most missionaries, return missionaries, would love to hear dating advice okay. from an apostle, which is an odd thing, right? I think we don't think of them as, as giving that type of mm-hmm. advice. So the first one is from Elder Richard G. Scott. Be the wife or husband they are looking for. Yeah. Okay. And he says, when you find you are developing an interest in a young woman, I guess you could say a young man, show her that you're an exceptional person that she would find interesting to know better. Take her to places that are worthwhile. Show some ingenuity. If you want to have a wonderful wife, you need to have her see you as a wonderful man and prospective husband.
1: Mm, that is very true.
0: Um, the next one, and this is, you know... Getting real here from Ezra Taft Benson, you know mm-hmm. he's he's not the guy again we think of with this, but his his whole thing is looking look for things that really matter. Mm-hmm. So do not expect perfection in your choice of a mate. Do not be so concerned about his physical appearance and his bank account that you overlook his more important qualities. Of course, he should be attractive to you, and he should be able to financially provide for you. But he does have but does he have a strong testimony? Does he live the principles of the gospel and magnify his priesthood? Is he active in his ward and stake? Does he love home and family? And will he be a faithful husband and a good father? These are the qualities that really matter. Mm -hmm. And then this one I want to give because this is is very modern. Ask her with your voice. Don't text her. Use your own voice to introduce yourself to the righteous daughters of God who are all around you. To actually hear a human voice will shock her, perhaps into saying yes. <laughs> and that's, that's from fantastic. Elder M. Russell Ballard. But that's a real thing nowadays too, right? Mm-hmm. You see a lot of younger return missionaries that are so f- stuck on their phones that they they spend two years talking to absolute strangers mm-hmm. about the gospel and then they get closed off and sealed off in the idea that they need to talk to women and approach women and ask women out Mm -hmm. and be vulnerable in the same way that they were a missionary about something very sacred and special to them. This dating is sacred and special if you want to look at it that way and you're trying to share who you are with someone eternally. You need to be willing to be that open and vulnerable like you were on a mission and talk to them with your own voice. Stop texting.
1: Yes. I will give you the flip side of that. Girls anymore... There's kind of a stigma attached to that now where everyone is so used to texting now that if someone does call, they're instantly labeled as a weirdo.
0: Which is strange.
1: Bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. But I know multiple people that have done this that it's like, you're thinking he's weird because he's literally picking up the phone and calling you. You're like, no, that's weird. Serial killer kind of stuff. And I'm like, that's the dumbest crap I've ever heard. It's not. It's It's not.
3: It's human connection. It is. I I guess if you can do it in person maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. in person is, is always best
1: it is always best
0: alright here's another one from President Spencer W. Kimball soulmates are fiction and an illusion Yep. while well, every young man and young woman will seek with all diligence and prayerfulness to find a mate with whom life can be most compatible and beautiful yet it is certain that almost any good man and any good woman can have happiness and a successful marriage if both are willing to pay the price that's an interesting way of describing dating. Paying a price. Does that sound right? Does that sit well so with you? So romantic. It's <laughs> <laughs> transaction.
3: I mean, I think... You know, think, it's not poetry. I yeah. think there is work for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, man.
3: So
1: um, I did a little research.
0: Research away.
1: So I found a couple things, but I found this one. It's a blog called Dear Brojo. I'd never heard of it before. It's from 2013, but he gives some really good advice. And somebody wrote and said, how can a return missionary start dating again? The don't list is kind of what he was saying. And he said, he says, I just got off my mission two weeks ago and I want to get back in the dating scene again, but I feel a little nervous about going out with girls again. He says, what advice can you give to return missionaries? So one of the things that he blatantly puts is the best way to start dating is to ask a girl on a date. Like that is the best way to get into it. But I thought he had some really good points. So he said, here's your don't list. Don't sit around waiting for a beam of light to come down from the heavens and a voice to boom, thou shalt date this one. (laughs) And I thought that's true because that is kind of the the missionary mentality of go to this house and knock on this door. The spirit is telling you this. That's not quite how it works. The
0: golden investigator and golden spouse idea.
1: It doesn't Mm -hmm. really work that way. Another thing he said is, don't only date girls you already know really well. I thought that was interesting because most guys I know don't date girls that they know really well. They only want to date new girls. Actually,
0: when I first came home, one of the first people I dated was someone that I knew. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Oh, that's interesting. So maybe that is a common thing that I just don't know.
0: I don't know. I mean, in this particular case, it was someone that I had known from mm-hmm. way back in high school. And, oh. and maybe it was because I thought, this is she'll be comfortable. She's known. Right. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. so there's fewer curveballs.
1: Yeah. One of the other things he says is don't limit yourself to a predetermined picture, look or body type. Goes for women as well as men. Like don't just say he has to be 6'2 and this and this and this. Right. Guys don't say she must be a brunette with blah, blah, blah and blah, blah, blah. Um, this is probably my biggest piece of advice that comes out of this is don't make a first date out. To be bigger than a bigger deal than it is, no matter how smitten you may be. Then um, it says, Don't feel like you have to make a big production. A simple walk through the park and to get an ice cream is a great date. I absolutely agree with that. When people put too much into it, that's when it goes overboard or you worry too much about impressing them rather than connecting with them. Um, so, my dating coach, Lauren, one of the things she said about dating is she said, Mormons definitely fall into the trap of you meet someone and it's, Could I marry this person? you may not have ever even met this person in person. She said, you need to break it down. Could I spend the next half an hour with this person? Yeah. Do I want to spend the next half an hour with this person? Great. After that, it's for the second date. Do I want to spend another hour with this person? Take it slow. The other thing I recommend is don't, Just really limit your physical affection unless it's someone that you are actually planning, like you're ready to get serious with someone. Don't just come back, refill the canteen, don't be making out with everyone. As much as I make (laughs) jokes about encouraging people to go just make out, I actually don't think that way. Especially because the biggest reason is it's confusing for people. If you're not in a committed relationship or saying, hey, I think I just want to date you, don't just be making out with everybody. Don't become... You know, the chronic cuddler who's cuddling with everybody, like the non-committal cuddle. The chronic cuddler. Oh my gosh, this whole non-committal cuddle, stop it. Like but maybe that's just me. About. Oh, that's so prevalent in Such the single a chronic scene. Cuddler. Oh my gosh. Just
3: really stop it. Chaps my heart. <laughs> <it. laughs> <laughs>
1: but you don't want to lead each other on. Girls shouldn't be doing it to the guys, guys shouldn't right. be doing it to the girls. Like, stop it.
3: Yeah. Keep your hands to I, yeah. yourself
1: for a minute. <laughs> I can't get into
3: I, – I don't really enjoy touching, cuddling people unless I want no. the relationship to go forward. To, like,
1: go somewhere. So – But I've been to parties – where they form, like, a cuddle train and a spoon drawer, and I'm like, what is wrong with you people?
3: That is weird. It's
1: bizarre. Or they get, like, they do the massage trains, and I'm like, stop And people stop who it. make
3: phone calls are weird. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> That's weird. Let's but... make a
3: spoon train. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's
1: a spoon drawer, thank you. Yeah.
3: But... Spoon drawer? Spoon drawer. Oh, my gosh. That I've sounds...
0: got I've got one that, that is, I, I like this a lot. This is another one from from Ezra Taft Benson again. Not who you would typically think is, you know, the Romeo, but date someone that inspires you. Mm. One good yardstick as to whether a person might be the right one for you is this. In her presence, do you think your noblest thoughts, do you aspire to your finest deeds, do you wish you were better than you are? Hmm. That's kind of, I don't know, does that sound like a high standard? Um... Does she inspire you? Does the person you're dating inspire you to be better?
3: I like that. I actually really like that. And I like like inspire you, and then I I like also, I like even separating those. Does she inspire you, and does she want you to be better? Because I I have to admit, I'm a person who tends to be down on myself, Mm -hmm. and so everybody I meet makes me go, well, not everybody, but a lot of people I meet go, oh, I want to be better. You know, I want to be like like them. Yeah. Mm and I hope that there's a balance of also recognizing your own goodness. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And I and he doesn't go there, but my brain goes there accidentally.
1: Mm-hmm. You do. You have to recognize that.
3: Yeah, yeah. That yeah. you're like you have great worth.
1: Yeah, you are worth this person talking to you and paying attention to you and. Giving you a chance. I think that's the other piece of advice I have, especially for girls out there. Because I'm assuming that the majority of people we're talking to are guys that are wanting to date fresh off their mission. I really want girls to just give guys a break. Like, they're coming off of two years of being completely service-oriented, focused on their mission. They're going to have some awkward stuff. Don't ridicule them for it. Don't, like, it's going to be hard enough for them to put themselves out there to go on a date. Don't make it harder. Because that's where they start to get bashed down, and it makes it even harder the next time they do it. Like, give mm-hmm. them a chance. And if you're not interested, it's okay to say I'm not interested. But don't do the ghosting. Don't do the, oh, if I just ignore him, he'll go away. No, don't do that. Just be like, hey, I'm not interested. Be a human. Yeah, be a normal person. It's okay.
3: Let him talk about his mission, I think. I agree it's with okay that. It's okay, too. Yeah, because like, a lot of girls well, to complain about that. To a point. To a point. I think I think yeah. there needs to
0: be more about you as an individual than just your mission. So when you get home, sure, you're going to talk about it, but there needs to be something more to you mm-hmm. than
3: what you did the last two years. So feel free to talk about other things. Yeah. yeah. And maybe as as a missionary, that's your thing. That's your little goal is to start exploring the other things that you can talk about that aren't your mission and yeah. start there you go. exploring the other things that are you mm-hmm. that aren't your mission.
0: Yeah. I actually... This was the thing that really bothered my wife when we first started dating. Because um, I had met her about six months after I got home. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I still, even after six months, had not shut off the I know the scriptures Oh
1: yeah. thinking.
0: And so I often preached to her about what scriptures meant. And that did not go over so well. Mm-hmm. So return missionaries... You are not the be-all, end-all of all interpretation of all scripture. Yeah. And therefore, if you have an opinion, it's okay for other people to have a different one. Yeah. And I know maybe that was because I served in the South where I was constantly feeling mm-hmm. like we were butting always heads. butting heads with uh-huh. people and things, but I found that that was something that actually return missionaries probably do more than they should, mm-hmm. is, yeah. is feel like everyone that they talk to is lesser spiritually sure. than they are. sure. And uh, I don't know how you get over that other than just think of people in the best possible way that you can, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you just have to assume that if you were attracted to them, there's a reason that you wanted to date them. It probably means that it's not because they're a spiritual idiot. Um, Yeah. that, That there is some substance to who they are and how they've come to their own testimony. And... Allow them the opportunity to share that. I don't know. Have you ever thought about sharing your testimony
3: on a date?
1: I had a guy that asked me to bear my testimony at the end of a date. Did you really? what? Mm-hmm.
3: asked you to? Yeah, I think there's nothing That's... wrong with sharing testimony no, he asked experiences, me but telling someone now will you please? Do it the
1: really was. Life. And it was just like, <laughs> oh my. Well, and that was kind of a struggle for me, too, because I was inactive. From the time I was about 11 or 12 until I was like 26 or 27, I didn't go to seminary. I didn't do those things. And I still am self-conscious because I'll go to like Sunday school and people will be like, oh, but in this scripture and this and this and this. And I'm still sitting there going, Alma, is that in the Bible or the Book of Mormon? Okay, we got this. We got this. So it's it's easy for me to feel really intimidated, especially then when you add on the super return missionary Thing on top of it. Yeah, don't make me feel like an idiot. I still have a testimony of the gospel. Don't discount that.
0: I have a quote for that.
1: Yeah, tell Cause, me.
0: Because I did my homework. You're amazing. So this is this one comes from Richard G. Scott. It's not a, directly on it. It kind of hints at it, though. I suggest that you not ignore many possible candidates who are still developing these attributes, meaning the you know, mm-hmm. Christ like attributes. Seeking the one who is perfected in them. You will likely not find that perfect person. And if you did there would be no interest in you. Yep. Uh. These attributes are best polished together as husband and wife, and that's one of the things that I have found, and I would give as a suggestion for dating in general is it's not about you know people will say oh I'm not looking for someone that's perfect yet yeah, you are, mm-hmm. I, and and I get it everybody kind of does they want the best that they possibly can get I understand that, but I have found that my wife and I have. Grown together mm-hmm. so much over the years, and if I had waited to to marry her, yeah, till we were connected the way mm-hmm. that we are now, you can't date for seventeen years. No. You can't do that. Part of the joy, the adventure of marriage, is finding someone that you want to grow together with. Yeah, not because they're perfect, but because it's someone you could enjoy the journey with. So. That's why when people say, oh, you want to find your best friend and stuff like that, because you want to hang out. Yeah. You want to be with them. I just spent 11 days in Nigeria mm-hmm. with, and I shared a room with the guy that was producing the documentary mm-hmm. we were doing. And I recognized in that time period of those 10, and 11 days, it takes practice to spend that much time with someone. It's, it has been since my mission that I spent that much time around one person exclusively other than my wife. Yeah. And I had learned, and I probably wasn't, you know, the easiest person to get along with during these 11 days, nor was he. But in in a situation where you're talking about, can we get along? Can we do this journey together? That's what you're looking for. And I think that's part of what going on a mission can actually teach you with your companions. Because you probably had companions, Steve, that you liked. Mm-hmm. Some that were... Punchworthy. <laughs> and and then some that were just okay. That they didn't, you know, you were just friends with, but you didn't need to be lifelong friends with. And I think that if you can recognize why those companionships worked, you might actually even find something that you can apply as in finding a spouse. Mm-hmm. But I think that's one way a mission can be invaluable and when you say dating a return missionary, you know. That's not something you should look for. I think one of the things that that you should find out is what kind of mission... If you went on a mission, yeah, what kind of missionary were you? Yep. Because that's more important. I've met a lot of idiots that served a mission and came home and were idiots. Preach. Um, but I've also met some guys that went on a mission, kind of struggled, but came home and appreciated that struggle and applied themselves after their mission and got to be great guys. Exactly. So I think it's... Okay to bring up your mission, but maybe talk about how your mission changed you Mm -hmm. or how it impacted you. But I don't know. Maybe that's a lot of blah, blah.
1: No, I think you're exactly right. The other piece of advice I have, and this is for all guys, but we'll just start with the return missionaries. When you talk to women on a date, please make sure to ask her questions and then actually listen to the answers. Don't just be listening so you can answer again. That is not how you build a connection. And that's probably the number one complaint I hear about women or hear from women when they go on dates is they're like, he either A, did not ask me anything about myself or B, he just wanted to hear my answer so he could answer again. Like he was not actually Hmm. trying to get to know me. And that was – because somebody like me, I am not someone who actually talks about myself a lot. So like if you hang out with me, people like it kind of surprises them. They're like, you just changed the subject to me again. I'm like, yeah, sorry. I'm kind of good at that. You have to kind of – Get that information out of me. You have to ask me (laughs) questions. But guys, really just work on that. Work on listening to her. Work on listening to what her answer is. Nick, you said something actually on one of our very first podcasts that is one of my, probably my favorite quote you've ever said.
2: Oh, And it
1: was talking about how with dating and listening, it's not that you're listening to get to know them to see how they could fit in your life. But it's to, what is it that you said?
0: It was to learn who they are and see if you're compatible with
1: them. So you actually want to learn about this person, not check mark. Yep, right. they have all of these things that I wanna do. And I don't want people to also go into dating of I've gotta get married, here's my check mark. Guess what? You may not get married for twenty years after your mission. I'm thirty eight. I'm still single. <laughs> Steve is not thirty eight, but near that, and he's still single. Like Heavenly Father has a plan for all of us and just go with it. Just trust in Heavenly Father, but really I have rely kind on of him. a
0: funny return missionary, the girl I was telling you about that I Wanted a date mm-hmm. that I met on my mission through my, my companion. Yeah. When we actually got together and we met up, I practiced very much that thing that you said about listening mm. to what they're saying. And there was a moment in the date, we were at a restaurant or something, I think like an IHOP or something. And we were sitting there having a conversation about something. I don't remember what the topic was now. But I remember thinking, I want to listen to every word she's saying. And I want to internalize it. I want to know this girl. Mm -hmm. And so she started talking about something, and I was listening intently. And then the server came by and got our order, you know, as they do. And after she was done taking our order, she said, where were we at? And I repeated back to her verbatim what she had said. And she was like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's exactly what I said. Like. You were you were like almost freakishly listening too intently. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like I, I thought I had maybe acted like too much of a creep
2: mm-hmm. at that
0: moment because I was too much invested in what she was saying. Sure. And so I was kind of like, I guess there's no real easy way to know how much I should care. <laughs> is it too is it too much caring? I don't know. But yeah, it was one of those moments where luckily, I mean, it didn't work out like I said, but yeah. it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, that's too much listening. Too much. Mm. Too much listening. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Check that off.
1: Check mark.
0: So many failures
3: when I first started dating. And failures are
1: okay. Failures are how you learn. Sure. Yeah. In every aspect of life. It's okay.
3: I have a theory that you can't mess up on a date. That sounds weird.
1: Okay, explain.
3: But I think that uh, I agree. that the right person oh. is going to help you like – not feel – if you do repeat back verbatim, they'll be like, oh, that was cute. You memorized what I said. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks, Rain Man. Yeah, like, just, <laughs> yeah weirdo. <laughs> but know. they'll laugh it off. But, yeah, it's kind yeah. of a fun thing that you can connect over rather than being like, get away.
1: Yep, that's not true. That,
3: not to say – I mean, there definitely is wrong things you can do. It's of not course. like, murdering them is fine. <laughs> like <laughs> Obviously – Murder is always a no-no. <laughs> For a good, healthy person, you're probably not going to make a mistake.
1: Yeah. No, that's actually a really good point.
0: Yeah, I think it was one of the podcast episodes you mentioned something to that effect. hmm there's, there's no mistakes when it's the right person. Yeah. And and I think that it's it's true in the sense that there are absolutely mistakes. It's that it's not going to deal break the mm-hmm. thing. It's not going to shred the relationship to pieces just because you repeated back what they said to you. Yeah. Um, But if it freaked them out and they didn't want that or, you know, it felt too much too fast and that was a deal breaker for them, well, then they're probably not going to be able to endure many things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. relationships are going to throw way more curveballs at you than just remembering what you said. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry I was listening too intently and trying to have a connection. Right. Sorry about that.
0: So – Anyway, yeah, dating return missionaries or as a return missionary, fun world, man!
1: Yeah, fun
0: world. Welcome back. <laughs> yeah, welcome back. Be awkward again,
1: and it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Girls, give them a break, guys, just keep trying. That's yeah, all you and, need to do,
0: and date someone who inspires you and make sure that you're an inspiring person to yeah, others. I really
1: too. like that. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Cool. Well, there you go. Thank you so much for doing this crossover episode. Yeah. We love it, Nick. Awesome. And if anybody has any feedback, please let us know. As always, the email address is Barbie Does dating at gmail.com, and we will talk to you soon.
0: Thank you for listening to this unique and special episode of the Latter-day Saint Mission cast and Barbie Does Dating. I want to encourage you to feel free to find us on iTunes for both shows. But uh, give us a listen on Barbie Does Dating if you're so inclined, if that's a set of topics that interests you most at this time in your life. Um, We find it entertaining regardless of whether you're single or not. Please also stay tuned to future episodes of the Latter-day Saint Mission cast as we have some wonderful stuff coming at the start of this new year, including our next episode with scholar Mike Goodman, who talks to us about the way that we can help to determine what is true and eternal doctrine, and what is something else. So please stay tuned for that and make sure to check us out in iTunes. Leave a rating and review for us. And also we want to announce that we are now on Spotify. So if you listen on Spotify, you can now find us there as well as subscribe to the podcast for future episodes through Stitcher and other common platforms for podcasting. Thank you again for listening and we hope to have you again on our next episode.